0: Hello, welcome to the Self-Learning Podcast by Dr. Shishma Singh. Let us start discussion on Chapter 10, The Philosophy of the Constitution. In this book, so far we have studied some important provisions of our Constitution and the way in which these have worked in the last half century. We also studied the way in which the Constitution was made. But when we ever asked yourself, why leaders of the national movement felt the need to adopt a constitution after achieving independence from British rule? Why did they choose to bind themselves and the future generations to a constitution? In this book, you have repeatedly visited the debates in the constituent assembly. But it should be asked why the study of the constitution must be accompanied by a deep examination of the debates in the constituent assembly. This question will be addressed in this chapter. Secondly, it is important to ask what kind of a constitution we have given ourselves. What objectives did we hope to achieve by it? Do these objectives have a moral content? If so, what precify it? What are the strengths and limitations of this vision and by implication the achievements and weaknesses of the constitution? In doing so, we try to understand what can be called the philosophy of the constitution. After reading this chapter, you should be able to understand why it is important to study the philosophy of the constitution. What are the core features of the Indian constitution? What are the criticisms of this constitution? And what are the limitations of the constitution? Now, let us discuss the first point, what is meant by philosophy of the constitution. Some people believe that a constitution merely consists of laws and that laws are one thing, values and morality quite another. Therefore, we can have only a legalistic, not a political philosophy approach to the constitution. It is true that all laws do not have a moral content, but many laws are closely connected to our deeply held values. For example, a law might prohibit discrimination of persons on ground of language or religion. Such a law is connected to the idea of equality. Such a law existed because we value equality therefore there is a connection between laws and moral values we must therefore look upon the constitution as a do- document that is based on a certain moral vision we need to accept, adopt a political philosophy approach to the constitution What do we mean by a political philosophy approach to the Constitution? We have three things in mind. First, we need to understand the conceptual structure of the Constitution. What does this mean? It means that we must ask questions like what are the possible meanings of the terms used in the Constitution? such as rights, citizenship, minority, or democracy. Furthermore, we must attempt to work out a coherent vision of society and polity conditional upon an interpretation of the key concepts of the Constitution. We must have a better grasp of the set of ideas embedded in the Constitution. Our final point is that the Indian Constitution must be read in conjunction with the Constituent Assembly debates in order to refine and raise to the higher theoretical plane. The justification of values embedded in the Constitution, a philosophical treatment of a value is incomplete if a detailed justification for it is not provided when the framers of the constitution choose to guide indian society and polity by a set of values there must have been a corresponding set of reasons many of them though may not have been fully explained a political philosophy approach to the constitution is needed Not only to find out the moral content expressed in it and to evaluate its claims but possibly to use it to arbitrate between varying interpretation of the many core values of our polity. It is obvious that many of its ideals are challenged, discussed, debated and contested. In different political arenas. In the legislatures, in party for- forums, in the pro- press, in schools and universities, these ideas are variously interpreted and sometimes willfully manipulated to suit partisan short-term interests. We must therefore examine whether or not a serious disjunction exists between the constitutional ideal and its expression in other arenas. Sometimes the same ideas is interpreted differently by different institutions. We need to compare these differing interpretations since the expression of the ideas in the constitution has considerably authority, it must be used to arbitrate in conflict of interpretation over values or ideas. Our constitution can perform this job of arbitration, constitution as means of democratic transformation In the first chapter, we have studied the meanings of the term constitution and the need to have a constitution. It is widely agreed that one reason for having constitutions is the need to restrict the exercise of power. Modern states are extensively powerful. They are believed to have a monopoly over force and coercion. What if institutions of such states fall into wrong hands who abuse this power? Even if these institutions were created for our safety and well-being, they can easily turn against us. Experience of state power the world over, shows that most states are prone to harming the interest of at least some indigenous and groups. If so, we need to draw the rules of the game in such a way that this tendency of states is continuously checked. Constitutions provide these basic rules and therefore prevent states from turning tyrannical. Constitutions also provide peaceful democratic means to bring about social transformation. Moreover, for a hitherto colonized people, constitutions announce and embody the first real exercise of political self-determination. Nehru understood both these points well, the demand for a constituent assembly he claimed represented a collective demand for full self-determination because only a constituent assembly of the elected representatives of the Indian people had the right to frame the India's constitution without external interference. Second, he argued the constituent assembly is not just a body of people or a gathering of able lawyers. Rather, it is a nation on the move, throwing away the shell of its past political and possibly social structure and fashioning for itself a new government of its own making. The Indian Constitution was designed to break the shackles of traditional social hierarchies and to usher in a new era of freedom, equality, and This approach had the potential of changing the theory of constitutional democracy altogether. According to this approach, the constitutions exist not only to limit people in power but to empower those who traditionally have been deprived of it. Constitutions can give vulnerable people the power to achieve collective good. Now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.